Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing? I am coming to you, well, not live when you hear this, but live in the moment from Anchorage, Alaska. Yes, I finally made it back here. And I am talking to my computer screen and somewhere out there on the East Coast is my good friend, Suzanne. How are you, Suzanne? I'm doing great, but I am in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And it's a long story at how I ended up in Savannah, Georgia, but I don't think I've ever been so hot in my entire life because it is just wicked hot here. Oh, sweaty hot or? It is not a dry heat. It is a humid, humid hot. It's, I think right now, currently about 90-ish degrees and 90, 100% humidity. And again, never been so hot in my entire life. And I am just thankful that I'm sitting in my hotel room right now in a nice air-conditioned, cool place so I can recover from my day in the heat. Yeah. And I don't know if this is something you want to share on the podcast, but why aren't you in Hilton Head? Isn't that where you were going? I was in Hilton Head. And okay, so here is my schedule. I left Phoenix like a month ago. Seems like it was yesterday. I drove up the coast of California with my son and daughter-in-law and my grandson to return them to their home in Seattle before they moved on to Alaska. So then from Seattle, I flew to Galveston and attended the wedding, which we're going to talk a lot about today. What wedding was that? Oh, your wedding. (laughs) Oh, not your wedding. I'm just kidding. Your, Your son's wedding. But we have a lot I'm just to, kidding with you. I know we have a lot to talk about. But from Galveston, I flew to Atlanta to visit my daughter and son-in-law. From Atlanta, we drove over to Hilton Head middle of the week because it was last weekend, wedding weekend was Memorial Day weekend. So we wanted to go to Hilton Head during the week when it would be quieter. So we spent a week in or like five, four days in Hilton Head. And then we have two days in Savannah, which which is where we are now. And then I am driving up the coast. I'm going to Greensboro to visit my sister-in-law and then go to the High Point Market for my shop. So I have another week ahead of me, but yeah, never been so hot. And it start, the heat started in Galveston. I'm not going to lie. It was hot in Galveston, manageable, but hot. And ever since then, it has just gotten hotter. Well, as I said in my introduction, I am back in Anchorage, Alaska, so I don't have that heat problem right now. I have the other problem where everything feels a little bit chilly and cold. I bet it does. And beyond that, so super weird is to come back to a time capsule. I swear, 15 months, 16 months has gone by for everybody. Right. But coming back here and walking into my house, there were elements of it that were just like I left it 16 months ago. Like I had a sweatshirt and a pair of sweatpants just haphazardly thrown over the ironing board for when I got back 15 months ago when I was supposed to. And that just seems so weird to me. Like it freaked me out. It completely unsettled my world. I bet it did. That truly is the time capsule thing. That is so weird to me. Yeah. And then I go into my closet 
And I had so much joy sparked because I have all these things in there that I didn't even remember that I owned. I'm like, oh, I love that shirt or I love those pants. I love those shoes. I love that purse. It was so weird. It was so incredibly weird. Wow. Yeah. And then I don't even remember where things are in my kitchen. I'm having to ask Rob, where do we keep the measuring cups? It is so weird. That really is weird. That is really a bizarre phenomenon of this whole COVID existence. Right. And on top of that, Rob and I decide because the weeks leading up to the wedding, there was a lot of indulging going on in food and beverages that we were going to come back to town and be mindful in our eating and drinking. Well, that lasted like 48 (laughs) hours, not even. And so last night, we got to go to O'Brady's here in town, which is one of my favorite places to go hang out. And it just felt like old times. And I started to relax. I relaxed so much so that then we went to the bistro also, which is my other favorite place in town. So hitting all the haunts, starting to settle now. Well, and it's going to be fun to hear how what you've forgotten about in Anchorage and what you remember in Anchorage and all of your stomping ground and and how quickly you just get right back into it and you feel like you were never gone. Right. And after last night, I'm kind of starting to settle into it. I just went with the flow, which you know, I don't do easily. I don't just spontaneously do something. So last night, my friend Maureen joined us and it was just really nice catching up with someone that I've missed so much and just being in one of my favorite places in the world. And yeah, it was wonderful. Well, I have to say in all of my travels, because since Arizona. I've been to California, Oregon, Washington, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, back to Georgia. I'm going to be in North Carolina. And I have to say, it really feels like they kept saying, it's not like you can just flip a switch and COVID's gone. I just have to say, it feels like someone flipped a switch and COVID's gone. And I know there are still people out there getting COVID. I still know there are people out there dealing with it. But boy, where I have been, I mean, you still see the mask required in windows, but then you'll walk into an establishment and there's not a mask to be seen. And people are enjoying life freely. (laughs) It is bizarre. It is bizarre. And when you were talking about your travels earlier, I was thinking to myself, wow, Suzanne, you get the COVID vaccine and you've got this passport now to travel and you're taking full advantage, but it's like everybody is. Absolutely. Everybody is taking full advantage. And everywhere I've gone, I have seen people enjoying life like they've never enjoyed it before. Like there is this freedom. And I suppose it's because I've been going from hotel to hotel. So I'm seeing people who are doing exactly what I'm doing getting out and trying things out and testing the waters. But wow, <laughs> I I honestly have been pretty astounded by how much people are enjoying their freedom again and how few masks I've seen and how life is good for a lot of people right now. It is. Is it making you a little bit uncomfortable because it's opened up so much and it's like that switch has been flipped. It was at first, I'm not going to lie, especially when we went through California, Oregon, Washington, because I've decided that the West Coast 
rule followers. I mean, if it says mask required, you put a mask on and they follow the rules. And the farther east I came, the less likely I was to see people following the rules. I hit the wet east coast and I don't even think they know what masks are on the east coast. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I haven't, I see very few masks and I'm like, where did all the masks go? And there are still signs up that say, don't share an elevator, social distance, wear a mask. And nope, not a person on the planet doing it. <laughs> so little uncomfortable, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how quickly things have changed. Right. And I've been uncomfortable coming back up to Alaska because I don't even know what the mask requirements are here. I haven't really kept up other than occasionally I'll see something from the governor reported in the paper or something about how the restrictions are changing. So I have tentatively walked into every place wearing a mask if it asks. But as soon as I see nobody else is wearing them, that mask comes off. So it feels pretty open up here also. Right. And you know what's ironic about that is I remember when they first introduced the mask idea to us, I was doing the exact same thing, only in the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I remember going to the grocery store and looking around to see if anyone else was wearing a mask before I put my mask on because I didn't want to feel self-conscious about it. And, you know, if I saw enough people wearing a mask, then I'd put a mask on. And it's the reverse now. It's like, okay, if everyone's wearing a mask, I'll put my mask on. If no one's wearing a mask, forget it. I'm not wearing a mask. But I can honestly say I haven't put a mask on since I got off the airplane in Atlanta. Oh, that feels so nice. <laughs> it does. Well, I have to tell you a story of something that happened on our way down to the wedding that has to do with masks because um, we uh, flew Southwest from Vegas to Houston to get to the wedding. And I like Southwest. I'm not going to lie. For me, when I'm traveling by myself, it's a really good option. However, Rob hates it. And I was traveling with my parents who aren't used to the concept of it. So it was a little bit stressful, I'll just say, in the Vegas airport. And the Vegas airport was packed. There were so many people. So we get on the plane. We all have our masks on because you have to wear a mask in the airport. And we're sitting there. Flight takes off. And the person sitting in front of me wanted to challenge that rule about the mask. So, you know, the lady comes by. Please put your mask on, sir. It's required. He pulls it up. She walks off. He takes it down. So this happens three times. And finally, she came up to him and says, if you do this one more time, sir, you're going to get a fine and there will be police waiting for you. He said, fine, pulls it up. As soon as she turned her back, he pulled it down again. And so finally, she came over to him and said, just to let you know, police are meeting you at the gate when we get there and you're going to be fined. And he's like, okay, fine. So it almost felt like he wanted to be that news story because he was so defiant in it. Wow. I mean, so rude about it. Everyone is wearing them. The flight attendants don't want to be wearing them. The other passengers, I mean, some want to wear them, I guess, but most of them just want to be comfortable. But we're all in this together and he just kept challenging it. Well, we land and the police were not waiting for him, which I was like, if you're going to throw that out there, you have to follow through. Right? I, because I nobody's going to learn a lesson. I agree. Yeah. But that being said, there's a lot of inconsistencies. I think the airlines have been very consistent with, you have to wear a mask. We don't care if you're vaccinated. But I also think that there are a lot of people out there that say, well, that's an unreasonable request because... Yeah, I, I get 
where everybody is coming from on that. Nobody wants to wear the mask, but it was just his attitude about it. It was like he wanted to make a deal about it and he wanted to get that attention. It, it was weird. That is weird. And it's aggravating because it stresses everyone else out. Right. And I do have to say, when we flew back, because uh, after the wedding, we went to South Dakota, we met our dogs. So oh. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited about them coming to Alaska. But then when we were flying home, and in both the South Dakota airport and Chicago airport, we would go sit down to have something to eat and we would leave or I would leave to go walk around or something. And I would completely forget to wear my mask and I'd be walking around just smiling. People would be looking at me and finally I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't have my mask on. So it can happen to forget to wear it, I guess is what I'm saying. And I agree with you. And I ran into that too, that I have become so accustomed to not wearing my mask that I actually forget that I don't have a mask on. And I will pause, especially if I see several people with masks on and say, oh, crap, I forgot my mask <laughs> and and actually dig for it to find it. But I still carry one with me. I do too. I have one in my purse. So that was the beginning of the whole wedding experience. So maybe we should just jump into talking about the Let's. wedding. Really interested in hearing, yeah, hearing your thoughts and what I don't know, stories, whatever was to come from that event. Well, I think we should hear from you. You had a much more involved part of the wedding. I was just a guest that just showed up and had a good time. So you tell me your thoughts on the wedding and how everything went and did it go as scheduled as planned? Did the hiccups upset you at the time? Do you even remember what the hiccups were now that it's over. It was a beautiful wedding, beautiful location. Everything was really turned out nicely. So, but there's always family drama, which you don't have to get into details of family drama if there was any, but I know there probably was somewhere along the line. But you tell me. You know, there was a little bit of passive aggressive stuff on the family side, but really it went completely smooth as far as any drama. There, there was no drama that I know of, really. The drama happened before. As I said in the last episode, I had the issue with the venue wanting to charge me extra money for an hour and then upgraded wine or upgraded alcohol. And that wasn't going very smoothly, but the wedding planner stepped in and she handled everything brilliantly. So that was a non-issue by the time I got there. Going into the wedding, like the week before, I got everything I needed to get done, done. We recorded podcasts early. Um, some of the other things I'm working on, I got everything done. So my plate and my week was empty to do whatever I had to for the wedding. The flight down was a little bit stressful. Checking into the hotel. Oh my gosh, I'm still pissed about that. Was stressful because they did not have the room that we wanted available to us. We upgraded our room because as the hosts of this event, we might have needed the extra space because what a lot of people don't know and what didn't happen at the wedding is we were actually planning a flash sing-along or flash mob that we needed to practice. So I'm like, I'll get the bigger room so we have space where we can go up to someone's room and work on that. However, that didn't end. Sorry, Jimmy and Eva, because this is a first year hearing of it, but we were going to do a routine to Sweet Caroline, but some of your best men buddies groomsmen said it was too antiquated to do that song, Sweet Caroline at the wedding. And so 
didn't do it like we were going to, but it was done out on the dance floor. The song was played and everyone had so much fun singing along that the best man, one of them came to me and said, you were right about that song, mom. It is a great wedding song. And I'm like, see, right. We were right. They were wrong. We were right. Okay. And it would have been a great flash mob. And we had a lot of people on board to do it. But yeah, we had fake Neil Diamond hair for the guys. That's how prepared we were. And I even got those blow up microphones like you uh, got us at the Mamma Mia 2 viewing party and had those available. It would have been really fun. But the song during the dancing was fun anyway. Yes, it was fun because we did have some little moves made. So we got to show them out there. But anyhow, back to the hotel, which did not have the room that I paid extra for, said they could not give it to us because they were fixing the shutters or something on it. Okay, fine. They discounted our room. Rob is not happy. I'm not happy. My parents aren't happy. But the next morning we woke up, we're like, this is okay. And then I'm with Suzanne when she checks in and guess what? She got her upgraded room. And there's no explanation why. I mean, I when I booked it, I booked an upgraded room. I booked outside of your block. I didn't use your block of rooms that you had reserved. But, you know, I booked it and it was fine. Not a problem. Yeah. So what the hell? Yeah. Why do they treat me that way? I'm hosting a wedding. I brought all this business to their hotel and they downgrade my room. It makes no sense. And I think the true colors of hotel chains are making themselves very clear coming out of COVID because I think it's very easy to excuse everything that's wrong because of COVID, because of a lack of staff, because of, but let's face it, some hotels are cutting corners because they need to recoup their money from being closed or whatever during COVID. And some hotels took the time to refurbish, remodel, clean things up. It's like, okay. And we're talking about big hotel chains. We're not talking about tiny little boutique hotels. You and I are talking about big hotel chains. And I think their true colors are being shown. And I came into contact with it several times on this month-long trip I've been on. It's unbelievable. And I am thinking even about the elevator situation at the hotel. Oh, it is Memorial Day weekend and they have one elevator. One. It is my biggest pet peeve of any hotel anywhere. It's like, yeah, the hotel is sold out. And to save money, they have one hotel or one elevator running. It is crazy to do that. And they think they're doing themselves a favor by shutting down the two other elevators and only making one. And they're sold out. They were sold out. It's like, yeah, uh, uh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. I swear it was one of those frustrating things. So those were really the frustrating things about the wedding. And they happened prior to the wedding. Something I thought was really cool and I used it to my advantage while I was at the wedding prepping Rob about paying for the wedding is the kids were staying at another hotel a ways down and they were hosting, that hotel was hosting a wedding starting on Sunday and the tent alone for this wedding event 
was $800,000 for just the tent. And the wedding was one that was going to last two weeks. So they were going to have events like every night. And all I could say to Rob all week was at least your wedding tent didn't cost $800,000 for just the tent. (laughs) It's perspective. Right. It is perspective. And when I first told Jeff about it, he was like, no, you must mean 80,000. I said, no, I'm pretty sure I heard 800,000. And he's like, no, that can't be right. So then we drove over to that hotel to check the tent out. And not only was it the most enormous tent I've ever seen, they were setting up and they had brought in full chandeliers. They were carpeting the entrance, which was outside of the tent. They had tables with linen tablecloths. And yeah, it was like, that was not a cheap wedding. And yeah, I know it went on for 14 days. I guess it would be over by now, but I was going to say that. No, it's it, still going it's on. still going it's on. still going on. But yeah, it's all perspective. It's like, it's all perspective. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad for even Jimmy because people at the hotel kept saying, oh, you're, it's, this is your wedding. And they're like, no, I'm having a wedding, not that wedding. And so, you know, I'm like, no, this is like your wedding. This is your day and time. And it was just funny. They kept having to say, no, not that wedding, another wedding. But anyway, I'm digressing there. I know. And we went to, because between the wedding ceremony, which was beautiful and the reception, we had probably a two, two and a half hour break. So we went to that hotel to check out the $800,000 tent wedding. And it turned out that there was a second wedding also in that hotel, which was, again, it's all relative. But that the $800,000 one put that one to shame. But that one was quite spectacular as well. And so Jimmy and Eva kind of got the, (laughs) the end, the short straw in that whole that whole thing that weekend, because there were two very big events. Right. But theirs was the best event. It was the most fun event, I think. It was very fun. And the spot where they had their reception was beautiful. It was in, would you call that building a conservatory? I would call it a conservatory. And it was very romantic. And it all came together like the tablecloths were perfect. The lighting was perfect. But the floral arrangements, of course, were not correct. So you know, only Eva noticed it. And so it was probably a frustration to her, but she handled it very well. And it just was what it was. And isn't that funny? Because as a guest, I don't even remember the flowers. Don't even remember them. Didn't even notice them. Isn't that remarkable that didn't even notice? I really have to go back in my mind. And remember, it's a middle-aged mind to recall what the flowers look like. But they worked in the room and the space was gorgeous. It was. So I have to ask you about the scene that happened at that bar before the reception. It was quite a scene and nobody got it on film. Do you know the scene I'm re- I'm referring to? I do not. I'm sure I will once you remind me. <laughs> but but you have a middle-aged mind, I have an older mind. So I do not recall. Re- refresh my memory. Well, I had arrived with Rob and everybody's ordering their drinks and Suzanne got up out of her chair 
and walked over and actually initiated a hug with me. She hugged me and nobody got it on film. I did. And I have decided I may have become a kinder, gentler Suzanne. I could be Suzanne 2.0, just putting it out there. And here's why. Because I still don't do well with hugs. But when you are genuinely happy to see someone that you haven't seen in a very long time, although I just recently saw you, I think a hug is an order. I think it is appropriate because it is a true feeling of, I am so happy to see you. And it falls kind of flat if you don't get that hug. And I have been seeing people hug where, oh, where it just tears at my heartstrings, where you realize these people haven't seen each other for such a long time. And they're seeing each other for the first time after two years. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. So I'm just putting it out there. I don't know that it's going to become a regular habit. And I'm not going to hug people that I saw yesterday. I'm not going to hug people that I don't know. I'm not going to hug people that don't I shouldn't say don't deserve a hug. That's kind of harsh. But I think that there are times when hugs are in order. Yes. And that was a moment. And I I was taken by a complete surprise because I'm like, I was going to hug you. But oh, no, I know you're not hugging. You're like, I am this time. I'm going to hug you. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) It was fun. It was good. Yeah. The other scene at that hotel is when there were like, how many couples were there? 15, 10 couples, something like that. And everybody started pulling out their credit cards to pay for just their two drinks. And I'm like, (laughs) what the hell? No, no, no. But in all honesty, that was before you, it started before you and Rob arrived. The bar was packed because of the other wedding that was going on. And the waitress was like, okay, who's paying for this? And how am I going to keep track of it? So everyone was pulling out their cards. And thank God you and Rob came in and said, hey, we'll take this round. And you just put it on one of the kids' rooms. And it was Yeah, surprise Jimmy and Eva. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I did tell them about it. We were picking up, you know, the costs anyway. But I was like, don't freak out if you see a weird charge on there because Jimmy would have. And that waitress was so grateful to you. She was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, that stressed me out. I'm like, let's alleviate this right now because wow, (laughs) I was getting overwhelmed. Yeah. So let's see other things about the wedding. Oh, I had two wardrobe malfunctions, but nobody would have known if I wasn't bringing it up right now. The first one is those beautiful shoes that I bought that I was so excited about wearing with my dress because they were perfect. About a week before the wedding, my mom's cousin asked me to try them on. And I'm like, okay. So I went and got them out of the closet. I'm in Arizona and I could not get my swollen feet into them at all. So those had to go back to the store and I said, screw it. So I wore a new pair of sneakers under my dress and I was really comfortable. And it was brilliant. It was the right thing to do. You wouldn't have been comfortable in those shoes. They would have been off your feet as soon as the ceremony was over. And then you would have had to keep track of them. Right. And that would have been a complete headache. And the other wardrobe malfunction that happened, thank God, happened After we got home from the reception, 
but I went to take off my dress and you know how the material on top was like a form fitting and then the bottom was a big skirt. Yes. And so the zipper from day one has been trouble. So we go to, I asked Rob to unzip my dress and it wouldn't unzip. The zipper would not budge. So he got it about halfway down. And of course, I start to panic and get claustrophobic because that's what I do because I'm never going to get this dress off my body. So I'm hyperventilating. Rob can't get it off. So I have to go to my parents' room who had a pair of scissors and we had to cut the dress off. No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I am just so sorry to hear that. It was a beautiful dress. It was a beautiful dress. I don't know if you'll ever have an opportunity to wear it again anyway, but yeah, it's kind of sad that you had to cut the dress off. Yeah. My dad was good. He cut it right down the zipper. So maybe if I were to wear it again sometime, I could just get the zipper fixed. But yeah, that was kind of a stressful moment. But nobody else knew about that but me and now everybody who's listening. But it's after the fact now. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. And the wedding also taught me one other thing. And it's that in my employ. I need to have a glam squad. I need to have people who will do my makeup and my hair every single day of my life, even though it's not in my budget. (laughs) I agree. Not that you aren't beautiful without makeup, but I said this at Katie's wedding when I had my hair and makeup done before the wedding. It's like, get your pictures now because this is as good as it's ever going to get. And you did look stunning at the wedding. Well, thank you very much. And I wasn't going for a compliment right there when I mentioned that, but I'm like, oh, Glam Squad. Yeah, that's what I need in my life. It truly would make my life easier. I know, but isn't it kind of like, wouldn't it kind of get to be like getting your nails done that pretty soon it becomes a chore? I've got to go get my hair and makeup done now. (laughs) Darn it. And just kind of like when you have to get your nails done, I don't want to go get my nails done. (laughs) As I'm looking at my nails that I haven't had done in like two months because I don't want to take that hour and some minutes to get my nails done. Right. And that that is true. And it would also make me feel like I had to wear something other than sweats if I had like perfect hair and makeup all the time. Right. And frankly, I know that when I had my hair and makeup done that one and only time at Katie's wedding, all I wanted to do was scratch my face because it made my skin itch so much. I wasn't used to having layers of makeup, even though it was airbrushed on and when it was supposed to be light, it drove me insane. Obviously, you know, I'm not a makeup person. So the makeup drove me insane. Nor am I. I am not a huge makeup person. And Rob, when he saw me, he's like, oh, I really like you natural better. Oh, but he didn't say it to be mean. He's just used to that look. And that's the look he prefers. And I'm like, I get it because I had fake eyelashes on. And those were the little buggers that were driving me nuts. I just wanted to rip those off. I had the fake eyelashes, too. And seriously, it was like tar getting those things off my eyes. And it took like weeks before there was no residual tar-like substance that I was peeling from my eyes. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah. Mine came off pretty easy, though. I just pulled them off. So I'm glad I didn't have the other issue because it would have freaked me out because I get freaked out about my eyes anyway. I can't put eye drops in as I talked about before. So yeah. Well, all in all, it was 
an incredible wedding. And I have to say, I didn't even say, okay, so when I left Seattle, I flew to Dallas because I specifically wanted to spend a day in Waco. And do you know why? Do you know what's in Waco? (laughs) I know what's in Waco. (laughs) And it was one of those days that you just love. And it's not, I am a huge fan of Magnolia and the Joanna Gaines empire that they have created. I was waiting for you to say why you wanted to go to Waco. You left everybody out there. Well, I think it, I think if you say Waco, you pretty quickly can make the connection from Waco to Magnolia to Joanna Gaines. And I have to say, you know, there was a time when I was first opening my shop. The first time I went to High Point in North Carolina, I was very excited to go to the Magnolia showroom in North Carolina. And I'm just saying, they were the only vendor in North Carolina that really snubbed me. And I was really offended by it. And I was like, nope, I'm never going to like them again. I'm never going to associate with them. I'm never going to follow them. But then I've had a change of heart. Again, Suzanne 2.0. I've had a change of heart. I thought she does what she does very well. (laughs) And everything they seem to touch turns to gold. But I think it's because they are very thoughtful in how they do things, how they select things. And I don't ever think they take anything for granted. And when I got to Waco, I felt that. I felt like everything was very carefully thought out. And I can only learn from that instead of resent it, even though the showroom and High Point were snooty. But that had nothing to do with Joanna Gaines. She just had her name on it. She would have probably been horrified to know that somebody was rude. She probably would have. She probably would have been very horrified by it. I hope so. But it was one of those just magical days because I, I, hot as can be, humid, but you just, they have created this space and it was just fun. I'm happy you got to go there. I know um, you were really excited about it and your car was full of mementos. Is that the right word? Or Um, souvenirs? Or (laughs) you had to FedEx them back. I did. I FedExed them back. When I got to Galveston, I went to the FedEx store. And in fact, he said, oh, are you just visiting? And I said, yep, I'm here for a wedding. And he said, oh, you mean the wedding? (laughs) I said, no, not the the wedding. Everywhere on that island, the (laughs) wedding. It was the wedding, but not that wedding. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I said. I said, I'm here for a wedding, but not the wedding. (laughs) So, oh my gosh. But everything was shipped home. Yeah. And this has been a trip of shipping. You know, I drove up the coast with my son and daughter in law, left my car in Seattle shipped it back to Scottsdale, went to Waco, shipped everything back to Scottsdale. I'm planning to go to High Point. Well, and at High Point, you don't really buy on the spot. You really order it. But it will all be shipped back to Scottsdale at my store. So fun, fun travels. Well, I hope all these things that you purchase at this market will be in your shop in July mid-July, because I'm hoping to get the Phoenix to at least, oh, you won't even be there in mid-July. You have another trip that you're going on. 
I am. I, yep, we have I a, can't keep up with your schedule. I, I will be in Alaska in July for my niece's wedding. And then I will be in Michigan for a family reunion in July. I don't know what part of July you will be in Arizona, but the girls at my shop will take very good care of you. They They do such a good job at my shop. They don't really even need me there. They run everything beautifully and... I should be giving them a shout out during every podcast because they run everything better than I can run it. I'm telling you. They are good workers. I have met many of them and have always been impressed, but I'll wait to come to Scottsdale when you're there. I would like that. Yeah. I'm just going to go help Colton move because he's leaving Flagstaff. Where is he going? I don't know. Spin that damn wheel. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) Maybe Colorado, maybe Texas. Wherever he finds a good job now that he's college graduate. He just has to find that good job and that's where he'll go. Yeah. So anyone who has teaching connections, no, I'm kidding. He would (laughs) die if he heard that. Oh, yeah. So I'm traveling now with my son-in-law and daughter, Katie, who we've met. And I'm just going to tell you a little story about my hotel that we're in, in Savannah. So this is a lovely hotel. We're at the Perry Lane Hotel in Savannah. And it's just lovely. And we've been out on a tour all day today. Super hot. I just had to get to my room, quick change my clothes, regroup before you and I did our podcast. And I went running into the bathroom and oh my God, there were two huge roaches on the floor in the bathroom. Oh, shut up. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. So I call the front desk, you know, guest services, and I'm put on hold. And then my time to record is getting closer. And I'm just putting it out there. I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And I'm on hold with front desk. I try to call Jeff, who's downstairs with Katie and Matt. And Jeff picks up the phone, same time the front desk picks up the phone. So I hang up on Jeff and I say to the front desk, okay, there are two huge roaches in my bathroom. You've got to do something, but I'm going into a podcast. I'm going to send my husband over. He's going to deal with you. She said, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. We're going to get you a new room. I mean, she was horrified. And you know, I don't handle things like that very well. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. Really? I'm good. I said, I'm sending my, basically in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sicking my husband on you. He's going to take care of this and I'm pissed. And, but I, I didn't say that to her. It's just what I was thinking. She said, oh, so apologetic. And then I called Jeff back and I said, I'm sorry, I hung up on you, but I was just, it was the front desk. You're not going to believe this. There are two huge cockroaches on the floor in my bathroom. I'm so pissed because I hear Katie laughing in the background and she had left two fake cockroaches on the floor in my bathroom. (laughs) And I was so mad at her and I couldn't do anything about it because I was trying to get on this podcast. And I thought, this is my payback. I'm telling the world, or at least my little podcast world, about her little prank and the trouble it caused me. And I'm not going to lie, I almost peed my pants because I was so, I couldn't even go in the bathroom because the two cockroaches were there. And I had to run down the hall to the public bathroom on the floor so that I could go to the bathroom. And when I called Jeff back, she 
and Jeff are laughing hysterically at me because of these. And I've already called the front desk and complained. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. Oh. Now the whole hotel thinks I have two cockroaches in my, and I haven't been able to do anything about it because I wanted to get on the podcast. I had to go to the bathroom. I had to. <laughs> so you haven't called the front desk yet? No, because I didn't want to keep the podcast waiting. And I still have the two fake cockroaches because I can't even touch the fake cockroaches that are on the floor in my bathroom because it makes my skin crawl. So yeah, and she is, oh. and she is in so much trouble with me. And but I just want to say that this sums up what it's like to be with my husband and my daughter at the same time, because they think that they are so funny, and they spend their whole time together laughing because they have the exact same sick sense of humor, and they have been laughing nonstop at my expense and at Matt's expense. I mean, I was on the verge of being really ticked off with them anyway. And then I dealt with these fake cockroaches. And it's like, we are not editing this part out of this podcast because this is how I'm paying her back. Everyone's going to find out that this is what she does. And I may edit the next part out because, yeah, we kind of did something like that to my mom. Oh! but a little bit different in a hotel once. And let me say it was more my sister, and Rob, who did this. But my mom and dad are huge germaphobes. Right. And uh, they always go into the hotel room. They check everything out. Well, my sister thought it would be really funny if um, she went downstairs and bought a Baby Ruth candy bar. And she did. And she went up to my parents' room because she had a key and just kind of did a smear down the oh. side of the bed sheets. And so that night when my mom pulled the bed sheets back, <laughs> she thought that oh, the sheets hadn't been cleaned and that there was... Yeah, I get it. Yeah, something in the bed that shouldn't be there. And she did call the manager and then everybody... She caused a scene and then everyone in the room started to laugh. But yeah, kind of the same thing. Right. Well, and I was on the phone with Jeff and I could hear Katie laughing and then Jeff started laughing and he thought it was hilarious. I bet he did. Yeah, it is funny. Well, <laughs> it's funny unless you're me. <laughs> and and I would never do that to her. And I'm just saying, I think it was cruel. And I do. I have a whole sold out hotel running around trying to find me a new room because there are two cockroaches on the floor in my bathroom that are, yes, still there because I'm not picking them up. And I could not even go in there, even though they're fake, I couldn't even go in there to use the bathroom. I had to go find the public bathroom. I'm just saying. And and this whole week with my daughter and my husband have been like this because they think they are so funny and... <laughs> It's well, like... I'm thinking as paybacks, you should make Jeff call the front desk and explain to them what happened. I don't think you should have to. Like, how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be involved with that. I'm going to make my daughter do it. I'm going to tell her she has to tell the front desk she's the one that planted the cockroaches in my room. Because now they're probably like calling up exterminators like, oh, we might have a problem in this hotel. This lady found little bit of panic. And I said, I'm unavailable for the next hour because I'm going to be recording a podcast. And so I'm sure this woman at the front desk is like, oh no, we are in such big trouble. We can't let this get out. 
So just for the record, the Perry Lane Hotel in Savannah, Georgia is beautiful and they do not have cockroaches as far as I know. And it's a beautiful place to stay and they do not deserve the wrath that I fed them because my daughter and my husband think that they're so funny. Right. No cockroaches at the hotel, just a couple pranksters. Yep. Just a couple pranksters. And a Karen. And (laughs) (laughs) I am so not a Karen. (laughs) You're so trying not to be with this kinder, gentler Suzanne 2.0. And here they're pushing you into it. They are. And they did push me into it. And for the record, if I ever were in a hotel room that had two cockroaches, I would insist on a new room. And I'd go to the ends of the earth to find that hotel room. And I would probably do a Yelp review if I had to. So, And I think mentioning it on a podcast isn't payback enough, but I bet you and I can think of something in the near future where you can get them back. Both of them, Jeff and Katie. I am so getting them back. And you're right. We're going to have to come up with something really good. Yeah. Notice, notice made. Yeah. And expected to. So yeah, now you have to go eat crow or make Jeff eat crow. Right. So yeah, I guess with all that shared, I'm going to let you get on with what you have to do. And I'm going to go get lunch somewhere. (laughs) Maybe. Right. Well, and see, isn't that the other thing that's just really interesting is now we're in a four hour time difference. And so yeah, you're headed to lunch. I'm headed to dinner. Yeah, it's supposed to be mindful lunch, but I'm sure that won't be the case. Well, yeah. Why be good? I've blown it this long, so why not keep blowing it, right? Well, and you look fantastic. Why would you need to have a mindful lunch? You don't. Have fun. Because I I have a champagne belly right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'll blame it on. Not pizza, not nachos, not everything else, but. Anyway, I guess, again, with all that shared, all there is to say is cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count, because we are technology challenged. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. 
Thanks again, Potagy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.